Welcome to the Open Update by Liberate Science, episode number 47. Today is March 1st, 2022, and the world this week couldn't be more different from last week. I'm your host, Chris Hartrink, with your favorite Open Science Digest from the web, social media, and news feeds. Thanks for joining us. This week's episode is full of existential dread as we talk about the consequences of the war in Ukraine and the newly released IPCC report on climate adaptation. Both are bad news, so strap in. I'll start us off light-ish before having the dread enter. The state of the internet's language report came out last week, and one takeaway? The internet is nowhere near as multilingual as we imagine or need it to be. Open Science Overload? Fort released a glossary of all kinds of terminology to help you, your students, or anyone else find their way in open science. Find a link in the show notes. The Open Journal Systems is calling people to update their servers. Over 8,000 open journals are running no longer supported versions of the software and are missing out on key features. Do you have a journal running on open journal systems? Double check with your systems administrator to get it updated. Moving to our first main story of the week, the war in Ukraine. Already last week, we reported on the impacts of the escalated tensions in the Ukrainian territory and its effects on science making work, including research work, more precarious due to interrupted internet connectivity and the threat of a looming war. This week, society in Ukraine has been completely upended. With shelling, rockets, and firefights happening across multiple fronts in Ukraine, it is no surprise that reports are coming out that Ukrainian society is closed down and in survival mode. Internet disruptions are happening in various places, as reported by NetBlocks, and Ukrainian universities have officially suspended their activities. And what does this have to do with open science? It showcases that how we construct our societies directly impact science and how science can happen. It may be a bit on the nose that Ukrainians and Ukrainian scientists specifically are being made unable to do their work, something we will need to recognize for years to come. On the other side of this war, there's increased closing down of scientific relations and collaborations with Russian scientists. As Twitter and Facebook are increasingly restricted in Russia, there's increasing calls and unverified reports that Russia needs to be excluded from international collaborations, either from receiving European research funding or in being able to have their work even considered in journals. What does this exclusionary form of science mean for open science? What does it mean to punish individual researchers for their state's actions? What does it mean if we would not punish a state's citizens? Researchers in Ukraine and Russia are more the same than different, and are it not the states that are at war, not the individuals? I have no answers, and it is clear that these are complex questions which are easily fed with war rhetoric, feelings of impending doom, and pseudo-expertise. What is crystallizing for me personally is that science is still a tool of the state, and states are utilizing science as a lever to influence war relations. And in a weird coincidence, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released their latest report yesterday, highlighting that we're not adapting to the climate crisis fast enough, as if the war wasn't sufficient. 
The report highlights we are en route to 2 degrees Celsius of warming and that over half of the world's population has already been affected by the changing climate in the past 20 years. If we want to mitigate these effects, we need to do more and do it much faster than we have been doing. Honestly, these reports have been coming out for years and insufficient is changing. It feels pretty bleak today for me. The 3,500-page report highlights the deep effects we as humans are having on our ecosystems and how we need to adapt. Also, that when we adapt, we sometimes do it very badly. The next report that will come out from the IPCC will discuss the changes in our fossil fuel consumption, and open data from the International Energy Agency have already highlighted that peak fossil fuel has not been reached. So what does this have to do with open science? These reports are some of the most intricate scientific collaborations ever and highlight the impact team science can have on the world. Yet, it also shows that when researchers speak, states don't necessarily listen. That's us for this week. I am going back to doom scrolling because what a bleak week it is, will be, and has been. Thanks for joining us for the open update. If you enjoyed it, thanks for listening. If you didn't enjoy it, also thanks for listening. Next week, no open update, but I will be back in two weeks. Please feel free to reach out on hashtag open update anytime to share your thoughts on what's happening in open science. See you soon.